Well, Jeff, um, we're going to hear more about your conference or what do yeah, you get? A few other things. And um, I have some about Abraham that I just kind of thought of myself. Oh, no. So. Raise yourself, folks. Jeff came up with the concept <laughs> on his own. Let's <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Right, Jeff, you're on for the intro, Jeff. Okay. Take, take it away. <clears throat> Welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I am Jeff Fields. I am here with my brother, Roger. We are coming to you from Central Kentucky. We are mediocre selling authors. We have written a book called you Breaking the You always quit saying that, though, really. I like I mean, that. You know, I like I mean, that you know, I'm, if it, I'm sorry if it offends okay, you. Just right, deal I'm, with a little, it. I'm a little hard so over that. Okay. We, we wrote a book called Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion. It's been out about six years. <laughs> if we're still doing this 20 years from now. We're still going to be talking about that book we wrote back in whatever. I know. Well, this but, other person I, so. that talked to me today about some some I just Bible ideas and I want to know when we're going to write the next book. And I said, I don't I, know. I get asked that every now and then. Was, that, was, so. that was a tough ordeal. I don't know if yeah. I want to, we want to do that again. <laughs> Do you want okay? Do you want to say anything about what you called me about the other day? I never did anything ever more come out of that. What someone asking you about a um, ebook version of it? Oh yeah, no, I no hasn't nothing's come of that yet. So I don't know whether it happened or not. So it's still up totally in up in the air. Up okay, the that air, would yeah, be a good yeah, way yeah. to say that. But anyway, so here we are. We enjoy talking about the grace of God and and life on this side of the cross and the impact that the cross has had. Um. So anyway. Thought of something about Abraham the other day. Or do you now, want, can I talk about something? One other thing. Go first. ahead. Go ahead. One man. of your <laughs> golfing friends. I hear this on a regular basis. Well, Roger, if you don't oh, like okay. golf, how come you're always wearing a Callaway shirt? If you don't know, Callaway is a line of apparel that they sell at Sam's. I do buy clothes at Sam's. I will confess, and I like Callaway stuff. And let me just explain. In this podcast, and if you're a listener out there, and if you're the one who said this, let me just explain this to you. Or if any of you people out here that have said this to me, any there you is people, a, that you sounds people, you golfer people, yes, you people, <laughs> there is a big difference between wearing a quality shirt with a golf brand on the shirt than there is chasing a little ball around a field with a stick so you can get it into a little hole. Big difference. One of them. I'm okay with the other one. I'm not so okay with. So there you go. You feel better now? I do. I got that off my chest. <laughs> Since you're the one that brought up golf as a subject oh, here, no. this uh, you know we're recording this a uh, little more than a week from when it's coming out. But I'm excited, uh, and I guess you're not. But this is Masters Weekend. This is that's a golf tournament, um, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? Yes. Yes. Um, All right. Augusta. See, that, okay, that's another thing about golf. This is one of the many questions. You have a call. We call it the masters. I mean, we're the, just that the one masters of what? There, masters there's a, there's, of what? hitting a little ball across a, the field. There's the a masters. tennis tournament called the masters, is there? I think. And I think there's other things. The masters is kind of a general term. For when people for say tennis. the masters, they're thinking golf. Well, true. Oh, it's it's the most well-known. But I'm just so. saying the masters. And evidently, I saw, masters. I saw a thing the other day. Of course, we're in our polo in, shirts, walking across yeah. the field with our little stick. We're the masters. It's, so if I get tickets. So oh I'm not asking you for sure, <laughs> but uh, I did see an article the other day that you know, of course, it's in Augusta, Georgia, which is you know not that big of a town. I'm not sure how big of a city it is. I mean, it's yeah. not a small town, but it's not a big city either. No. Evidently, the airport is just loaded with private jets this week, oh, both, bet, both yeah. from yeah. the players and from you know, these overpaid uh, golfers. Well, not just them, in. but but the, some some uh, well-off spectators oh, too. Yeah, you well, know, okay. flying yeah. for it. And yeah. So um, so anyway, Abraham. Okay. 
you know, he's the example that that Paul brings up when he's talking about faith. Yeah, particularly in, in Romans one. four, he talks about right, and Paul got the verse Abraham. of Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Right. So we look at that. Okay, the just shall live by faith, which is a quote from later on in the Old Testament. But the idea that okay, so yeah, Abraham was declared righteous there. Now we tend to think it's it's interesting to me how we take all these new covenant terms like justified or made righteous, which are the same thing. So justified, redeemed. Um, saved, um, reconciled. We, we think of all these in the context of guilty or innocent, a law for, you know, a, a law thing, guilty or innocent, including that the righteousness. Well, what had Abraham done wrong before that, that he was being held guilty for? Well, I know what the, the theory is. Well, I mean, he came from a pagan background. Yeah, but, he was but, from the Ur of the Chaldees, and they worshipped the moon. So he was a moon yeah. worshiper, they think. But the Bible doesn't say that. Right, and well, even if they did... You know, it's before the law. Uh, Romans talks about the you know sin's right. not even taken account right. before the right. law. Right. So my point is that even if he was, you know, and I think it's probably safe to assume he was involved in some of that pagan things, but I don't think that's what God had in mind when He said that He believed God and it was credited to Him as righteous. And I don't think He was saying, okay, Abraham, before now you were guilty, and uh, I was getting ready to judge you real bad. Now, because you believed, now. I'm, you're innocent and you're no longer guilty. I think I think the righteousness there is a an, a right relationship yeah, with God. You right. saw who God was. Right. And he was that's really the right essence of there. yeah. I agree so, with you. That's really the essence of what righteousness means. It just means you're right with God. Everything's all yeah, right. Yeah, you're that, all that right. You, with you God. see, you can see who God is, and you know who God yeah. is. And, and there's a, an you're accurate all right with in a God. way. It's, it's it's accurate there. It ties in also forgiveness. I I read something recently. I thought it was really good about. Um, you know, the verse in First Peter, um, by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we avoid punishment. By his stripes, you know, we're no longer, you know, by his stripes we are healed. And the whole salvation means made whole. And it also tied it into that the story of the um, man let down through the roof when his friends let him down, the paralegic, or that let him down through the roof. <laughs> and, and Jesus said, you know, your sins are forgiven you. And that's what upset the, par- the Pharisees right, when right. they said, your sins... And then he went on to heal, and it says, so that you'll know that the power, you know, the Son of Man, Son of God, I think Son of Man has power to forgive sins, take up your bed and walk. And so, I, you know, I think forgiveness is, the word means release. It means really, you know, it's, it's a release from the bondage to be able to make whole in that. So I've got some other things, too, but that, that's kind of all I have. Let me, let me share this with you. I mean, this kind, of, this kind of goes along with what you're saying. Um, you know, when Jesus... Jesus really launched his ministry in Luke 4. That was when he you know, he hadn't mm-hmm. done a lot of ministry stuff, and then that's when he was in the synagogue. They handed him a scroll, and he found the place um, where this was written in Isaiah. And he said, this, and it's interesting to say, I mean, you're, you, it kind of makes your point. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Well, Preach proclaim good news, good news yeah. to the poor. To set, um, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. There you go. Recovery of sight to the blind, mm-hmm. to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, there's not in that particular inauguration of his ministry, and not to help you avoid punishment or to make sure you're, you know, it was about a proclamation of freedom. Yeah. And he rolled down, rolled up the scroll, and sat down, and said, "This today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." In other words, today, this is you know coming uh, coming to pass in me. But that's interesting. What's you know? I've always focused on what's in that text, but also just what's not there. 
In which text you're talking about? Where, well, the, the one you just read? Yeah, I just read out of, out of yeah. Luke 4. Yeah. Not, he didn't even say. I didn't come to take the punishment that you were yeah, getting ready to get whacked say with. That. You know, yeah, type of thing. Okay. I mean, real, I mean I, interesting. I'm glad you brought that out. I hadn't really thought of that aspect of this particular. And that's, you know, that was the start. I don't know. I don't remember where this fits in the timeline relative to the Sermon on the Mount and all that. But I think it's before the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, I mean, it may be. And if it is, I mean, it's the very first public. Yeah, I think it is the first. We think the first public words. You know, they handed him the scripture, the scroll, and said, "Hey, read something." He goes, "Well, okay." And he found specifically found the place in Isaiah where this was written, Isaiah sixty-one, I believe. And yep. he read that and then sat down and said, "Well, you know, he." That's came, when they got so upset with him too. They wanted to push him off a cliff. I mean, it didn't go over well, you know. <laughs> but you know, he uh, uh, he. I mean, I'm seeing more and more that that he came to show them who the Father is that you all have totally missed who God is, totally misunderstood him. You've been blind, you've been in the darkness, and I'm here as light, and I am the father of one. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And, I mean, it's it's amazing how some of the people, the non-religious people, had no problem hearing that mm-hmm. and were thrilled with it. But yet the religious ones had a really hard time Accepting that, and that's, you know, that's well, okay. why they why they crucified him. All right, you team so. me up for another topic. I want. All right, to and just the whole idea of of persecution. Okay, somebody comes up against you, whether it's just physically they do something, you know, they want to arrest you, or they just speak against you, criticize you, whatever form it takes place. Opposition. Okay, now there's a scripture that does say that uh, for those who uh, desire to lead a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Okay, so there is a sense that if you uphold a standard that the world doesn't agree with, then they're going to criticize you for that. Okay, um, but then you get to when you get to Galatians, what happens more frequently through the New Testament, uh, which is talked about in Galatians um, chapter four, it says, "You brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise." Mm-hmm. God made you a promise. That's all you're, you know, not because of anything you did. Just at that time, he was born according to the flesh or human effort. Mm-hmm. Persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. He goes, so also it is now. If you think it's all about effort, you're going to have a big problem with people who don't think that way, who believe it's by the salvation that your relationship with God is from a gift. If it's due to what has been done for you, then the, um, the the it, so the, the analogy was you know they had two children they had um, Isaac and Ishmael Ishmael was born because um, Abraham because the promise of God thought he had to help God he went into had relations sexual relations with uh, Hagar the handmaiden to help to get a, to have a son and God that wasn't God's plan he was going to give him a son through Sarah which happened so then he has two kids one was born according to a promise miraculously. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was born because of his effort. What he take took matters in his own yeah. hands, and so it says. Ishmael persecuted yeah. Isaac. Ishmael always. All, Ishmael always persecutes the Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. And so then I'm still fascinated. That, so then when I get to like First Corinthians 15, he says uh, the apostle says that he persecuted the church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so why why would Paul? And then persecuted the church. I mean, they they agree on most moral issues. I mean, it wasn't because he said, "Well, you guys are are, are living sinfully," or you know, there wasn't it wasn't right. a moral issue. So then you get to Galatians five, and he says, "Brothers, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted?" 
Like, really, that's what it was? You see, well, how's, how is circumcision a persecutable in, uh, mm-hmm. issue? So he says, in that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. So I'm thinking, well, how is that possible? So when you think he's persecuted because of the cross, think, well, they're just really offended at the idea that Jesus was crucified on the cross. But that's not it. They weren't offended by that idea because he said, if I had just tacked on circumcision, they'd have been fine with the yeah. cross. Well, yeah. It wasn't the cross per se. It was the cross it alone. Was, it was the fact that it was the cross alone, yeah. that you didn't have to add anything to the cross. That's what he was being persecuted for. And I believe that's what it says also in Galatians 6. If, if those who want to make a good showing in the flesh or by your human effort would force you to be circumcised in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. In other words, all you got to do, Jeff, if you want people to in the church to like you, is just add something to the cross. All you got to do, just, just, we just, it's, the cross is not quite, quite enough. You just need to add your good works of whatever that means. You know, your church attendance, your Bible reading, or whatever it is. As long as you add something, yeah, people will leave you alone. It's kind of like that that cartoon that we talked about a few yeah, weeks ago, you yeah. know, where it says it is finished, but too many times in churches, the things we hear kind of indicates it's not. But and it just really hit me that it's not it's not the cross that they persecute. It was the, the the fact that the cross was the completed work. Yeah, that's what was persecutable. Of course, they still. I mean, that's true. I, I agree with all that. Of course, they still didn't like. The, you know, they still wouldn't believe Jesus was the Messiah um, and all that. And I mean, then that's who ended up. You know, so that's who Paul persecuted, but, and that's who ended up persecuting him too. True, so. but 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 the the issue that Paul addresses more often than not is the circumcision issue with relation to persecution. So some of those that did believe Jesus yeah. was the Messiah, I guess, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, yeah, they so regard they believe. they persecuted him because they didn't like that finished work stuff. You know, the um, can I can I bring up something yeah, a little bit different? Yeah, and touched on this. Well, the last podcast talked about you know the born again through the resurrection and all that, but. It reminds me of how silly the phrase is. We, we've we've heard it probably all of our lives that you need to make talk to, to an unbeliever. You need to make God your father. And I mean, I do want to encourage people to believe in all that, but the idea that we can make Him our father—it's yeah, got a reverse order. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you don't make well, somebody your dad. My kids, you know, none of my children ever made me their father, type of thing. And so, you know, I th- it just, it's just really weird when you think about it. And the whole genealogies was not, okay, Jacob chose Isaac, or Jacob made Isaac his father. Isaac made Abraham his father. Abraham, yeah. You know, it's just that, that's not yeah, the way it goes. No. You know, the, yeah. the father begets the children and all that. So it's a matter of opening our eyes and seeing that, that we are God's father. children yeah. through that. Yeah. So anyway, the, um, they, the retreat I went to the other day, they talked a lot about, hearing from God. And that's one thing I really wasn't expecting. Uh, but, but it was really interesting and, and good at what they, and it made me it kind of reminded me that I think we've, we really neglect that, or I've neglected that a lot. You know, we, we all say, yeah, we can, you know, hear God's voice, but we talked about this a little bit the other day, you know, when we were going to the funeral or waiting for the funeral service to start. But, um, Paul Young made a statement I thought was really interesting. If I can find it here, he, he said he, he said I'm not that interested in what you're thinking. Um, I want to know what you're hearing. You know, Galatians three talked about the hearing of faith. Faith comes by hearing. And well, Jesus said, "My sheep hear my, hear my voice. voice." And it's always amazed me. I read it in um, in that book, The Rest of the Gospel, by Dan Stone. He points that out and points out just the simplicity of that. That it's 
you know, it's not my mature sheep hear my voice. It's not most of my sheep will hear my voice. It's, you know, my sheep hear my voice. We don't realize how much God is speaking to us that we never hear. It's kind of like the burning bush, you know, we didn't. But I read the other day on Facebook, (laughs) because I get my theology on Facebook now, Jeff, Mm -hmm. that you know what, they went through all this litany of heresies, you know, they lined up everything. I mean, they had had a whole lineup of Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, all kinds of Mm -hmm. stuff. And you know what they all had in common, Jeff? Somebody said they heard God. Yeah. That's what they all had in common. And so that's the that's the danger that once you I know. Should, you know. That that is I mean, that is the fear. And but I think what happens is children of God have heard that type of thing so much that when we think we when we think we might have heard from God, we immediately are struck by fear of this. Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm gonna get as if I mean, how many denominations are there? That all claim to follow the Bible, you know, thousands. I've heard tens of thousands. Have you seen the cartoon too? The guy from a friend of ours from our Bible college. This this great big chart of all the different movements and all that. And it starts off. I've seen that. And it it branches out to like a hundred different branches. And he circles one little branch on there. He goes. That's us. We're the ones that got it figured out. (laughs) (laughs) And he was doing that as a joke. Yeah, as a joke. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is okay. I, I mentioned this the other day. This is the one I should have waited till. But but um, Paul Young mentioned this. He said, you know, take this sentence, and it says the sentence is, he didn't say he stole the money. Yeah. So if you just read that, you know, I, I said it verbally here, mm-hmm. so you heard. But if you just read that, he, you know, so picture you just reading that. He didn't say he stole the money. Think of the different ways yeah. you can read that. Oh yeah. He didn't say he stole the money. Maybe somebody else. Okay, maybe somebody else. Yeah. Or. He didn't say he stole the money. Maybe implied. Maybe he kind of implied it. it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't say he stole the money. He, he just, just kind of borrowed, borrowed it. On a long-term basis, <laughs> he, yeah. He didn't say he stole the money. Well, why did he steal well, it? See, you that, know? that does you know? illustrate that you can read something and interpret it. You, you don't and, know the emphasis all the time. I, I, right. And, and ladies and gentlemen, that's <laughs> why we have thousands of denominations all claiming to do what? All claiming to go by the Bible. And just by the Bible. Well, they and all so, have, I think, in my humble opinion, I wouldn't know if all of them, but most of them have another thing in common. They all fail to keep the main thing, the main thing. You know, we're going to take some other little nuance that we're going to focus on, your form of baptism, your yeah. whatever it is, and we're going to make that the all-consuming That's right, yeah, issue. I mean, you know, I just gave that example, that one sentence. Well, how many sentences are in the Bible? Yeah. I mean, you just amplify that yeah. by yeah. tens of thousands, if not millions, and everyone... Picks out something, and I, you know, faith comes by hearing. And I thought of this the other day. Don't say faith comes by thinking. Mm-hmm. Faith comes by hearing. So I think I'm not as concerned about what you're thinking. I want to know what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. But that is that is a step in a, in a direction that that brings about a lot of fear um, for people. But I think that's unfortunate because I think we can hear, and you know, the new way of the spirit versus the the old way of the written code comes into play there. So. Um, I think, see if you like this illustration. You know, the gospel is like a prescription. So, you know, Dr. Rice, you prescribe this with the gospel. This mm-hmm. is the good news of what's been done for you. So you take the prescription. And what are you mm-hmm. supposed to do with the prescription? Well, you're supposed to, you know, take it. Right. You know, get, get right. it filled, take the prescription. But instead of doing that, what if we just argued over the prescription? Let's dissect the prescription. <laughs> let's look at, you know, when you're supposed to take it. And let's kind of, and let's, and let's, but let's not take the prescription. Mm-hmm. Let's just argue over the particulars of the prescription. 
one of that reminds me of Paul Ellis. I mean, one of the things I like that he'd written about, um, you know, just picking any verse out of the Bible is like just going to a medicine cabinet and picking any medicine out of the medicine, you know, or any medicine out of the cabinet for, well, no, you need a certain medicine for a certain illness. And so, you know, we just pull any verse out of the Bible and apply it as if it was the cross never happened. It, it's like read, either reading, you know, Andrew Farley says, like reading somebody else's mail is one way of saying it, or taking somebody else's prescription. You know, they get mixed up in that. So, Well, it's amazing um, how we fight over this stuff. The The, the last morning of the retreat sunday morning they they talked some and, and baxter taught and but then they uh, sent us out this property where we were had a, a 150 acres and so he sent us out and basically they suggested potential questions just to ask jesus ask the spirit ask the father and um and gave us about close to an hour and so and the weather was really good so went out and there was there was some woods but a lot of the area was not wooded you know some trees but not wooded area so it was you know pretty open there were some creeks and ponds and so i found a little place that's there by the side of a pond a little knoll that i sat on and that that is something and to just you know not to read the bible <gasps> you know you know just to just to sit before god and to and not necessarily even you know meditate on scripture you memorize but just ask and I, I would encourage folks ask jesus some questions you know, ask him things like, I mean, these are just primers. They said, but, you know, ask him, okay, how would I live differently if I really knew you left me? Or how do you see me? Things like that of just, you know, one way, you know, we all talk about Christianity being a relationship. But, yeah, then the minute someone starts talking about hearing from God, we all get nervous and, and, and fearful of that. But see, that, that that's a doctrinal position. Yeah, it's a relationship. That's our position. Yeah, right, exactly. We don't, yeah. You're not supposed to take that seriously, Jeff. You're not yeah. supposed to really you know, live that out. So I just think that there's, um, you know, God is all around us. Um, he is within us. Um, I thought the verse, I heard someone talk about Jacob's ladder. You know, it's a neat verse in, in Jacob's ladder. Remember after he woke up, what did Jacob say? He said, God was in this place, and I didn't know it. And... You know, we could say that about every moment of our lives, I think, that we that we don't realize that God is speaking, God is here, God is working in our lives, and and we just don't recognize it many times. So I, I think there is a place and now you know, that's it doesn't mean every thought that pops into our head is of the of God, you know. Um, but but to be open to that and to trust the spirit to lead us in that. Trust God. And you know, a lot of this comes because we just don't trust the Holy Spirit within us. You think of those things, you know. He said he would give you, you know, he would send us a spirit, not a book. He would send us his spirit to live in us. And so if we do miss something, and we will, then trust the spirit to reveal that to us as well. The Bible says that. Yeah. Paul says that to be. If, if there's anything else, yeah. God will show it Philippians, to you. Yeah, Philippians, yeah, I think it's yeah. Philippians 3. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think if more believers practice that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm again. Maybe I'm naive, but I'm naive enough to believe that that there would be more, we would see more visible union. Okay, here's the, the here's Christ. the question for you. Then, okay, why why don't we do that? Why why don't we emphasize being able to hear God on an individual basis and, and, and just say to people, listen, God's not going to tell you anything that's contrary to Scripture. We're not talking about to go off on a wild talk, right. doctrinal tangent or anything. Just to be able to hear God for you. Why don't we do that? I have a theory. Okay? I have one thought that comes to mind. Like, go ahead. There's go too ahead. much. There's too much power and income based on people well, okay. hearing from 
from me. So if I'm if my income depends on that, you know, well, all the all this money that comes pouring in from this podcast, you know, all the 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 big bucks we're making off of this podcast. I'm joking on that, folks. Um, but if you know, I, I mean, just say you know, <laughs> if you're if you're in behind the pulpit and your income and your status and your and your influence and power depends on that, you need people listening to you. And it is really scary to tell them, well, just listen to the Holy Spirit and let him guide yeah. you. And, and so I agree, that's, that's I agree with that, too. I agree with that, too. What were you thinking? Another thing, which is related, but just the fact that we just want everybody to be the same. We just don't want people to be individually hearing God with different, they may have different little ideas on how God works in their lives, and we just feel uncomfortable with that. We want everybody to be this kind of homogenized group where we're all thinking exactly the same thoughts mm -hmm. um we just don't i think we're just uncomfortable with any kind of um don't ask questions individuality don't ask questions just we just got to be the same here we just got to produce this group of people where we come together and we just celebrate our own collective ideas and we all just have the same thoughts i think it's kind of like ishmael and, and isaac again with yep. that, that's one of the things I appreciate about Wayne Jacobson for years. You know, he, he he's not the answer man for every question you have. I've heard yep. him many times. Well, you know, just hold that before the Lord. You know, ask Jesus, and that's yep. a lot of what I heard this past weekend. And I mean, that I thought of the verse in in Hebrews. You know, part of the new covenant, and everyone will know the Lord from the yep. least to the greatest. Yep. You know, when we emphasize that real quick, when we emphasize doctrine that elevates the intellectuals in the yeah. room. And yeah. so, I mean, it is scary to the intellectuals. It is scary to the establishment. We'll call it that, the religious establishment, to think that everybody could hear from God, and they need us to protect them. No, the Holy Spirit is plenty capable I of that. I saw a video of a pastor. He, stood up, he said, listen, when you hear a preacher say something, you need to check it with Scripture and make sure that uh, the, what he's saying is right. He goes, and that includes me because last week I said something was wrong. <laughs> and you, we got a James scripture, and that means me too. <laughs> well, first John, you know, first John says test the spirits. Well, how do we do that? You know, you know. Well, I think we can. You know, just ask. So, I mean, my encouragement for everyone this week: um, don't be afraid to talk to Jesus, and and just pay attention to what thoughts come to mind yeah. um, after that. And um, you know, God is a fellowship. God is a party. Father, Son, Spirit. In their presence is fullness of joy, and they're inviting us into the party every day. We already are a part of the party, but uh, don't be like the older brother and stand outside pouting, but go <laughs> in and enjoy the party. So, Well, it turns out this, this, this may be a relationship after all, you know? Who, yeah, knows? who knows? I mean... <laughs>